your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to what day is today? Every day, I forget the day. Wednesday? Thursday. Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. 608-785-7914. This is me stalling because I got to turn on the talk and text line. So I need to say the numbers out loud. Although they're saved in this like password thing. If anyone ever figures out my uh, main password, they're going to have every password I, I've ever had, ever. Um, coming up in about... Eight minutes, Senate candidate Brad Paff right here in the 32nd District. We had Dan Kopecky on a week ago, and I said, Brad, you got one week, man, to get in here. Uh, No, I actually told him the other day. I'm like, Brad, I had Kopecky on a week ago, so you want to come on a week later? Um, Yeah, those two are facing off. That's why I bring those two up the same sentence. Um, So we can talk about what where Brad Paff stands on uh, the issues in, in the lacrosse area, what he can do in the Senate for this area, and if he can do anything in the Senate for this area, because uh, does the Senate really do anything? I don't know. We can ask him that, too. We can ask him what what the Senate has accomplished. If you don't remember, Brad was the Secretary of Agriculture in the state for, maybe I believe, 11 months and then he made Republicans mad so they didn't confirm him. Or you could call it they fired him. Didn't confirm him. You know, wh- whichever way you want to call it. It sounds worse if you say fire. It sounds better if you say didn't confirm. Uh, but if you're on the job for almost a year, you're kind of, you're kind of getting fired, right? Like, And we could talk about that again. We have talked about Brad about that in the past, but you know, maybe him running for the 32nd Senate after being fired from the egg sec job is kind of a middle finger to uh, Republicans if he becomes the, the senator here. And uh, maybe he can make some noise in the Senate when, you know, after they fired him. 608-785-7914. Big Ten's going to play football October 24th. Are we excited about that? I feel like all this is about money. <laughs> We're not getting. Look at these other colleges are playing. The NFL's playing. Baseball's playing. Uh, we got to get our money. Got to get our TV money. Uh, Barry Alvarez said the uh, schedule will be released later this week. Barry Alvarez, still the athletic director at Wisconsin, um, and sometimes the coach when when he fires the coach, usually right before a bowl game. Uh, we'll see if Wisconsin makes it to a bowl game this year. Um, so that's like kind of good news in a way. We get to see another sport come to come back to life in Wisconsin, as we've seen the Milwaukee Bucks die. I think they suffered from COVID a little bit. The Milwaukee Bucks, not literally, but in like a figurative way of playing in a bubble and being the best team in the NBA, uh, when losing only like three games at home this season. And I say like because I'm. I think it was three, and then there was a fourth game that was on the schedule at home, but they actually played that game in the bubble and lost. So uh, so it's kind of a weird, uh, yeah, your home records, you know, but well, well, one of those games wasn't actually at home. Um, and then they play as the top seed, lose to the, the fifth seed Heat, who are now kind of the favorite to get to the finals. I'm still upset about it. We'll see if Giannis Antetokounmpo, the best player in the the best player in the NBA, we have him here in the state. We'll see if he uh, 
he stays here. He's got a year left on his contract. What do you guys want to talk to Brad Paff about? If you want to text me some questions, 608-785-7914. I'll try to read them as I'm I'm talking. (laughs) Um, I do have some other news, and and Brad will probably bring this up too as he's reading the news here in a couple of minutes. But uh, we're number one. The state of Wisconsin is number one on the New York Times list of metro areas where new cases are rising the fastest from COVID-19. Lacrosse moved from number three to number one in the past, I think, past two past two days. And uh, there's a whole bunch of Wisconsin cities on that list. They're almost all the when the list when I looked at the list a couple days ago, all the cities on the list from Wisconsin, you could just put a UW in front of them. They were all UW school cities. But now Appleton has creeped into the list. So finally, you know, unless you want to call it, count a tech school or a, a community college, what, what uh, UW, well, I don't remember what the tech's called there. I'm from there too, and I can't remember. But I know there's, there's the tech, my dad teaches at the tech school. So it's not that. Extension, UW Extension, I think that's what it's called. Um, so if you want to count that, but I don't think that counts. But Green Bay is number 10. Oshkosh is 11. Platteville is 14. Appleton, 17. Madison, 18. The top 20 New York Times list of metro areas where new cases are rising the fastest. Number three on that list, Whitewater. Uh, so, yeah, lacrosse is at uh, the the increase in the last week. This is kind of how the metric goes, is uh, 363. And it's based on population. It's... Uh, Limited to areas with at least 50,000 people and then base, it's population adjusted. So uh, so that's way that's the way lacrosse gets to sneak in here with a lower number, but, you know, based on population. And that's kind of how the Lacrosse County Health Department wants you to look at the, the COVID numbers. They don't exactly like that we want the daily case count because there, there's going to be spikes in that. But uh, if you go to the Cooley COVID-19 is it is that the, the entire thing? Cooley COVID. Yep, CooleyCovid19.org website right now. And click on that little graphic. You'll see we're at 100 cases a day the past seven days. That's the average. 100 cases a day. There are towns and there are countries across the world that will shut down with like 10 cases. And we're at 100 a day just in lacrosse. So good job. Good job, lacrosse. <laughs> good job, Wisconsin, too. Uh, Wisconsin today, uh, 1,408 new cases, 48 hospitalizations, which is pretty pretty high, kind of average but high, 48, and uh, eight died today from the virus. There are eight reportedly, eight reported deaths today. Uh, hospitalizations in La Crosse County, 64 ever. It was 61 yesterday. So over the in the past day, there was three more hospitalizations. Anyway, Brad going to do the news here. He'll probably give you some of those numbers in a little bit more detail. And then Brad Paff, Senate candidate, on next, right here on Wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. If you want to get it in here, text me, 608-785-7914. I'll probably ignore you for the next 15 minutes because i got to talk to Brad Paff, the Wisconsin Secretary of a- Oh, never mind. He's not that. Brad, you're not the Secretary of Agriculture. You're a Senate candidate running for the 32nd District right here. Uh, how are you today? I am wonderful, Rick. I am fantastic. Hey, what a Packer victory on Sunday, huh? 
boy, Aaron Rodgers looked really good. Yeah, he's a he's one of the better players. But they played the Vikings. Wait until this week. They play the Vikings. <laughs> not very. Wait till this week when they play that that juggernaut, the Detroit Lions. I mean, the the Vikings. That's just a sad team. Well, if any given Sunday, you know the old cliche, any given Sunday, anything can happen, especially in the NFC North there. But, boy, did the Packers look good. That offense was uh, was really clicking, and it's exciting to have football. Yeah, definitely. It is. And in the Big Ten, it sounds like the Big Ten is going to come back. And I feel like a little bit is all about money, but, you know, I'm going to be I'm going to be kind of spoiled and say, fine, take the money, but I want my football. So. Well, and that's just it. I mean, we really need, we really do want to get back to normal, and it's important we get back to normal. But at the same time, we've got to make sure that we do this smartly and we do it safely, and we uh, protect ourselves, we protect our family members and our friends and neighbors. So, um, you know, it's nice to have football back, but it sure would be nice if we could get people in the stands again and we all could uh, be safe. Uh, but in order to do that, we need to stop the spread of this uh, virus, and we need to take this serious, and we need leadership. Yeah, Brad. Leadership coming out of our state legislature in Madison. We need our leadership in Washington. Brad, I don't know if you listened before the, the before uh, you came on here, but lacrosse is number one on the New York Times list of uh, rising cases in in uh, metro areas based on population, but number one on the list in the entire country. Uh, number two is is essentially Penn State. Yeah, and that's um, again that's really that's really unfortunate because I do know that the people in this area. I mean, we're working hard in order to try and do everything we can to stop the spread of this virus. Um, but again, there's three simple things that we can all do to try and stop this spread. Number one, wash our hands. Number two, uh, make sure we socially distance. And number three, wear a mask. And unfortunately, uh, this has become politicized. And uh, why has this become politicized? It's really, really unfortunate. Uh, let's not forget, Rick, that years ago, our parents and our grandparents and our great-grandparents uh, when they were attacked by an enemy, they uh, came together. They purchased war bonds. They came together as a community, and they tried to defeat that, uh, and they did defeat the enemy. Well, the enemy right now is this virus. Let's stop playing politics. Let's come together as a community, and let's uh, let's win this thing. Yeah, do you see anything that you could do, aside from you know the, the, you having to repeat that line every I was going to cut you off because I'm sick of people telling me to wash my hands, Brett. Uh, but, you know, it, it, when you get into the legislature, it doesn't seem like we, you know, let alone want to fight this virus, want to do anything uh, in the in the state government. You know, we the, the last thing we, ta- we we talked about here a couple of weeks ago was gaveling in and gaveling out police issues. Um, we can't even debate this stuff. And, you, you know, you and I have talked about that a couple a couple months ago, too, when you were running uh, for the Democratic nomination. Um, just, just how do you get how do you get through to the other side in, in terms of, hey, you, you guys don't have to agree with us, but at least let's debate it on the floor. Well, I think the, probably the most important thing is to uh, keep yourself uh, level. Keep yourself absolutely uh, level. Listen to both sides. Recognize that both sides have uh, important opinions. Uh, do your best to take your personal uh, emotions out of this. Recognize the fact that this is a democracy that uh, you know, taxpayers and people care, and they want to be listened to and they want to be heard. One of the reasons why there is so much animosity right now uh, in the politics is because people feel that they're not being heard. Uh, they're not being listened to. They're not being respected. And that's unfortunate. And the one thing I can promise you, Rick, and I can promise all the viewers here, is you will be listened to, and I guarantee you, you will be respected. 
because uh, that's how democracy needs to work. Brad, Brad Paff speaking with us. He's running for the 32nd District in the Senate of Wisconsin. He's running against Dan Kopenke. Um, Brad, was the last time the, there was a debate in the state government, November of 2019, on whether or not you should be Ag Secretary? Was that the last debate, or have there been debates since? Well, I'll tell you, the legislature has not met since uh, March of uh, 2020. Uh, think of that. It's been six months since the Wisconsin legislature has met. Uh, we've had a global health pandemic. We've seen countless thousands upon thousands of people in this state and obviously around the country that have either lost their job or seen the hours reduced, but yet the legislature has decided that they're not going to meet. Brad, uh, and, uh, Brad let's think about that. I got to correct you. They met for 30 seconds the other day. That, that's true. They <laughs> met just enough to gamble down and say, we're not going to uh, do the people's business. Now, I just think that's really unfortunate. You said earlier you got to take personal matters out of here, and you you were Ag Secretary in Wisconsin for I believe eleven months, and then they 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 didn't confirm your nomination, or you could call that a firing. I feel like after eleven months, and then they don't confirm you, it's called a firing. And then you decided to run for Senate, and you say take take the personal out of government. But are you going to get if you get elected? Are you going to go into the Senate and just give the middle finger to all those guys, or are you going <laughs> to you going to take the personal out of it? I've got to take the personal out of it. I mean, the thing is this, is that I will say this. Um, what happened in November of 2019, um, the biggest losers on that were the taxpayers of the state of Wisconsin and uh, our family farmers and our rural residents that were seeking assistance from their government. They shared what they were looking for with the state secretary of agriculture. I brought it forward. I brought it forward to Republicans and Democrats and said, hey, your constituents are being are hurting out there right now. They're looking for leadership. They're looking for assistance. Rather than addressing the problem, they sent me packing. Well, you know what? Oh, well. Yeah. I uh, came home, and it's a good place. I love home. Uh, Western Wisconsin is my home, and it's always good to be back here in the Curly region. Yeah, I believe I believe it was you brought up mental health right for farmers in July of 2019. Uh, they were mad that you you the way you brought it to the Republicans, right? You didn't kind of gloss. I don't know. You you kind of brought it at you. You took it to them a little bit, right? Hey, I'm a common sense person. I come from the farm. You know, we we uh, tend to uh, you know work hard and try and get things done, and um, uh, you know. Sometimes we don't cook the top thing. Uh, we just say, hey, people need assistance. Let's get the work done. And that's what was needed here. Um, but you know, the other thing that happened is, is that um, the special interest, uh, you know, the special interest in Madison decided that that's not what they wanted to hear. And uh, they communicated with the uh, leadership in the legislature and said, this isn't what we want. Uh, this is somebody that's going to speak up. This is someone that's going to stand up for the people of this state. And uh, they sent me home. Yeah, it seemed like and, a, um, the, 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 it seemed like you were standing up for small farmers. They in July they they got mad about it. August, I, uh, did they fire you? When did they fire you in November? Um, but yeah, they, the vote was on November fourth. But they ended up they ended up passing the bill anyway. So I don't understand what happened. I don't either. I mean, I quite, quite frankly uh, don't understand it either. I was asked. Uh, in my um, when I was appointed by the governor, and in the confirmation, uh, in the 
Senate Agriculture Committee, I was uh, supported nine to zero. All the Republicans and all the Democrats supported me. And I said, I said, I guarantee you that I will be a forceful advocate for your constituents, for the family, farmers, and rural residents of this state. And I will be there, and I will relentlessly work uh, on their behalf and on the behalf of the people of this state. And um, I guess that wasn't good enough. Now, I know you ran against Jane Swigum for the Democratic nomination, and Jane, after she lost you, uh, she, she posted on Facebook, hey, Brad, congratulations. Um, just remember, not everybody's a farmer. Um, so, you know, like you, you have to you have to think that way a little bit. Obviously, there's, you know, a, a, a ver- variety of people that live in your district, uh, live in the 32nd district. So you got to you got to think a little bit more broadly. Um, but you and Kapanke do seem to be going after that that group, maybe a little bit a little bit harder than others. Um, where do you see other issues with with others? I mean, like the police thing is still, you know, still and out there. I feel like people are still. You know, this this thing isn't going away. This idea of systemic racism and and people feeling like uh, they're being ignored in that in that matter. Well, I think the biggest thing that separates uh, the two candidates for the state senate here um, is the fact that which one of the two candidates is willing to stand up uh, for the people of this district is willing to put themselves on the line in order to make sure that the people of this district and the people of the state have a government that's functioning. I think the people of this district have a clear decision to make. Which one of us is willing to stand up to special interests? Which one of us is willing to stand up to the political power brokers and say no more? Let's make sure that we get this government back to the people. Let's make sure that we have the government is doing the job and the business that the people elected the legislators to do. Say no to the special interest. Which one of us is willing and has a history of saying that, willing to stand up and put themselves on the line. I don't just talk the talk. I walk the walk. And when you say special interest, can you can you just break that down a little bit? And obviously, uh, you know, another thing that you I'm, I'm getting some text that it's getting it's kind of hard to hear you because of your line. You know, it might also be because you said you were sitting down at Riverside Park and I'm like, well, maybe we need to get a cell tower down there to replace Hiawatha statue in Riverside Park. <laughs> uh, well, I am here in Lacrosse. I, I am in Lacrosse. I've had meetings all day here in Lacrosse because uh, there are a lot of important uh, uh, businesses here in Lacrosse and uh, meeting with the residents in the city of Lacrosse. So, um, but we do need to make sure that we do have uh, high speed internet and broadband, broadband technology throughout this district, including in Lacrosse. All right, hey Brad Paff, uh, th- thanks a lot for joining me and good luck. And um, we'll have to do this again. Thank you, Rick. Uh, and stay safe. Have a good one. You too. Uh, that's Senate candidate Brad Paff. I understand that it was hard to hear him. It was slowly getting worse. It was getting harder to hear him as uh, as the time went on there. So we'll have to let him go. Didn't really get to break down a whole lot. Uh, we'll tell him to get a, get get out of lacrosse next time. Brad, get out of lacrosse if you want to use the cell phone. Maybe head up the bluffs, go into the Cooley region somewhere. CBS News Brief, and uh, <laughs> it might be better. Might be easier to hear. All right, we're gonna take a break. Uh, Scott's comment. Brad doing the news coming up after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608 785 7914. A couple of you are texting in, a couple of you are calling in. Uh, thanks to Brad Paff. No thanks to his cell phone line, but thanks, Brad, for taking the time out to, to join us for a little while. And hopefully, uh, you guys could hear. If I couldn't hear very well, it started out okay and then it just kind of deteriorated. 
I know when I try to use my cell phone out this building, just right out the building, if I'm not and if I'm not on the Wi-Fi doing the Wi-Fi calling thing, uh, it's pretty bad. So, and Brad, Brad, b- before the show we were talking, I was like, where are you? And he's like, I'm at Riverside Park. And I just imagine him sitting on a bench by the river at Riverside Park, over, you know, checking out the Mississippi, talking with me on Wisdom and, and not being able to come in here. Because we're just not allowing that at this point, especially now since we're number one in the New York Times list for rising cases. Um, I was like, yeah, Brad, sorry. I, I would love to just have you come in here. It would be so much easier, um, you know, but we'd have to put the plexiglass. I don't even have plexiglass in here, let alone, you know, all the other precautions. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Uh, Eric Sparta is calling his daily call. Eric, you're on. Go ahead. Yes, I must tell you that I... Uh... Oh, maybe a, oh, maybe a couple months ago, a friend of mine, he, his father-in-law came down with uh, COVID. He stayed away. He's still not feeling good because he's um, recovered from it, but he still feels bad because of the damage that was by Next thing you know, his granddaughter's child came down with it, and uh, he will not go there. And then uh, regarding the UWL, this is a hot spot in the United States, a hot spot. And Joe Gall sits there and says, well, in my view anyway, he says, well, money means more than their health. I want them to stay. Now we got to stay here, and they we don't have no place to put them when they, when they come down with it because they, they got piss poor regulations down there. The people are fools. Or they, or they, the people are fools. Or they, uh, Students are fools because they want to party. That's all they care about. That's all they went to college for in the first place. Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot, Eric. Uh, yeah. This is kind of why you go to college. I mean, take a class, hour a day, couple hours a day, play some video games, do some studying in the mid-afternoon, and then go to the bars. I mean, if you've gone downtown at night and just looked into the bars sometimes, uh, you'll notice pretty packed it's pretty packed in there not a lot of mask wearing on because you're not wearing a mask when you're drinking in the bar right i don't know if there's like a rule if you're standing at the bar or sitting at the bar like just in general not literally at the bar but in the bar the entity of a bar uh if you're you know i got a captain and coke in my hand with a straw so i don't need a mask out uh, but you know i always hated going to the bars when when I was the sober person and every and it was I would call them hallway bars. There's a lot of those everywhere, and it's they're they're so small and so packed that if you're the sober person, you're just you feel like you know the the ping pong. You're just bouncing off everybody, and uh, and you you if you're drunk, it's fine because you're like oh. <laughs> it's 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 all good. But like now, like you're bouncing off everybody, and the bar is packed. Well, if one person has COVID in there, then everybody is going to have it, most likely, just the way that this thing spreads. Eric talked about UWL, and yeah, we we, we brought on a, a grad student a couple days ago, and her petition is up. So if you want to go to wisdomnews.com, and you'll have to scroll down a little bit. I'm doing it right now. I'm just going to see how far i got to scroll down to find that story. Um, but her petition is up to help you know UWL students waive some of those fees, because college isn't college. It's, uh, it's on there. It's on the front page. It's uh, I can't. I can't describe to you. Just scroll down. It's on there. You'll see a UW lacrosse uh, brick sign. It's outside one of the dorms. Uh, 
Hannah Meyer was in here. She so her her uh, her petition is linked. So the idea that you know, like a couple of students end up going, you know, t- not taking precautions to go back to the dorms. More students get it, um, and then the thing just spreads. Or maybe all the students, maybe none of them are being. But like Eric did, Eric did kind of point out what we talked about too. And I mean, in 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 some great regards, I don't want to agree with Eric, but this one time I I will. And I don't know if it's Joe Gal that we need to point the finger at. But just the UW system leaders in general, like what did they expect when colleges came back in session? What you know, like what did you expect? College kids were just gonna be like, okay, I'll just go to my dorm room or to my apartment that I'm renting, and I'll sit in my room with my roommates, and then I will go to class. And when class is done, I will go back to my room, and I will wear a mask everywhere, and I won't do anything inappropriate. I won't go to any house parties as a freshman, even though like this cute girl is going to be there. She said she was going to maybe go to this house party, and I know that's not right, but I am 18 years old, and I like her maybe, so I guess I'll go and sit in a damp basement with a red Solo cup. I mean, what do we expect? So yeah, you can point to, you can point to uh, the students for not abiding by the thing, or you can point to the brass for bringing colleges back because they want to be funded, right? They want tuition money, and now they now your college experience is virtual learning for at least two weeks. You're, you you have to stay in the dorm unless you can go to work. Uh, I guess you can go grocery shopping, and this isn't. This isn't just the dorms. There are apartments uh, around. I know my 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 old neighbor. He's he's both my old neighbor and that he's not my neighbor anymore, and he's old. So he's trying to sell the house that is next to me, and so I'm helping him get it up. And he just he just mentions to me because he's in one of these living facilities in town. He's like, we have seven cases in our building, so we're on. You know, we can only leave for. And I'm like, you, but you're here. <laughs> Like, you're not supposed to be here. So then I was like, well, I don't want to be in the, you know, like we're working outside, so it's not a big deal. But I was like, well, I'm not going to come in the house then because, you know, and if you get COVID, I don't know, like that's dangerous. And so I kind of worry about that a little bit. And and we had uh, the, the Cooley COVID uh, website is updated today and it shows 100 cases the past week, uh, 100 cases a day based on population the past week. And and uh, well, not even based on population. That's just straight up 100 cases a day. I think based on population, I don't know how that works because if I go to the metrics page, I was just looking at this. I didn't think about this. The rolling, the rolling seven-day average, based on new cases per 100,000 per day on the new COVID-19 website for the Cooley Collaborative. So it's Lacrosse County Health Department, Gunderson, and Mayo are all collaborating on this thing. The rolling average is 67.9 cases a day per 100,000. The actual average is 100 cases a day, and we have over 100,000 people in the cross county. So am I not thinking, is my math backwards there, but shouldn't the the per 100,000 be different? Shouldn't it be higher than 67 if the actual cases per day is 100,000? Is is 100? Maybe I'm not doing math right there. Uh, Joe's calling in. Joe, go ahead. Hey, instead of pointing the fingers at the students or Joe Gow, why don't we just point the finger at the test? The only reason why anybody knows that they have this is because they're getting tested. So if no one was doing that, it would roll through the community and be gone, just like any other cold virus. So let's blame the testing for the and the media for the hysteria. That makes more sense to me. 
Like, none of these people would even know they have it if they wouldn't have went down and wasted their time getting tested. My so my nephew had it. He felt... Rising, but it doesn't mean anything, period, for the health of the My kids. nephew had it. He felt <laughs> awful. So, I mean... Oh, well, guess what? People used to get colds every year at school and they'd be off for a week or two because they felt but awful. It's, but it's, no, not, a, but it's not a cold. But it's not a cold. about it for hours on the radio. Do you ever, do you ever read anything about the virus, Joe? I know, but all viruses can cause heart infections. I mean, kids get tonsillitis all the time, and the first thing it can do is move to the lining of your heart if they, if you don't uh, calm down and let the virus take its toll. This is nothing new. You can't stop viruses by hiding behind doors. You can't stop viruses with cloth on your face. But this is actually, but it is new. It's literally new. It's called the coronavirus, which means new. So... Uh, that's Joe's daily, this is just a flu, um, and it's not, and it gets kind of old, and Joe doesn't ever have anything else to say about it but the same talking points, which it's funnier. For some reason, it's funner when Eric does that. Eric actually Eric actually is more diverse in what he wants to talk about, Eric from Sparta, than Joe. So, Joe, you're you're now below Eric from Sparta in terms of my, my when I see you both calling at the same time, I'm going to take for Eric from Sparta's call first again, so... Just letting you know. Um, anyway, so yeah, we're number one on the New York Times list, Joe. So that's that's cool. I mean, it's no big deal. I mean, three more people went to the hospital today, so hopefully they get to leave the hospital. And um, there's there's been a lot of studies, you know, because we've only had like nine months to to think about what the long term effects of this thing are going to do, and people are coming out with uh, you know long term health problems. Uh, permanent heart damage, permanent lung damage, but no big deal, right? Just get it. It's it's not a big deal. Tom's calling in. Tom, go ahead. You're on the air. Hi. Uh, I've got a question. A friend and I were discussing this. Uh, there's only been, what, 61 people in the hospital since this Six, began? 64. Yeah. It 64. Went up, it went up three. Okay. It went up three since yesterday. What my question is, is what's the average length of hospital stay for the people being put in the hospital? And uh, just just how many are serious? How, how many of them have, have had to stay in for prolonged periods of time? Is it... Is it a couple days stay? Uh, well, any information on that? I, the the best I can give you, the health department's not doing press press uh, you know quick Q and As anymore. They used to do that once. They used to do that three times a week, and then Gunderson and Mail uh, kind of took over the the you know, and they launched this COVID website. So they just uh, they just don't talk to the they don't do a public briefing for us anymore. So no big deal. Um, but their website does say. Uh, new hospitalization rate. So this is a seven-day rolling average based on 100,000 people per day, and it's 2.36 people per day. So two more people every day are going to the hospital. And if it and went, how long? How long are they there? Are they there for a day? Or are they there? I mean, is there an average amount or average length of stay? Right. And that, that's. And my other question, if you got the time for this. Uh, when uh, in La Crosse County we got the two major hospitals, we also get people from say uh, like New Ulm and, and uh, La Crosse. Yep. Uh, how many of the people in the the Mayo and the uh, Gunderson count 
are from different counties. Zero. We're not counting them. We're just counting our counties. You'll, a lot of times you'll see the count. A lot of times you'll see the COVID numbers fluctuate a little bit because they figure out one of the people that what that had tested is not from the county. So when you see these figures, they're only Lacrosse County residents. So when you hear 64 people in the hospital since we started this thing in Lacrosse County, it's 64 Lacrosse County residents. In fact, some of those people may have never been in a hospital in Lacrosse County. They're just residents from the county. They could have been in. Uh, Appleton at the hospital there. Does that make sense? That makes sense. And then my last question is, we are still at only two people have died, correct? Still at only, yes. Thank goodness. Uh, and, and how does that compare with any nationwide stand? I mean, if you're talking 67 people per 100,000 and you only have two per 100,000, how is that ratio... How does that compare or shake out nationwide? Right, and I I, I, I couldn't tell you, Tom. Hey, thanks thanks for the call. Uh, I couldn't tell you that. I would say that, you know, two is, you know, I think we're doing really well there. I think maybe our senior living facilities have been doing really well at uh, just keeping safe. There's, there's even a story on The Wire today that says, Election officials refuse to allow deputies in nursing homes. That's a that's a Wisconsin state story. Uh, so so we're we're keeping people out of these nursing homes. Minnesota was hit really hard uh, with uh, the older population and in terms of nursing homes. I think the hospitals had to send people with COVID to nursing homes and quarantine areas in nursing homes, and those nursing homes didn't do a good job. So I would assume that Lacrosse County's nursing homes. And facilities like that are doing a good job at, at just being safe, I guess. Uh, Main Street guy, go ahead. Well, as long as we're doing better than New York in that area, I'll be happy. Right? Well, there was so, there was a time there. I think New York's kind of they, you know everyone if what, these places that get hit, I think they eventually they figure it out. But man, New York, New York was a cluster f for a while. Well, you stuffed COVID. They said they had to take them. And they also worked in a liability clause for the city, too, which was pretty convenient. Well, I had... So, anyway, I, I, I was intrigued by the last caller's question, like how long the uh, hospital stay is. And there's a lot of information like that that I'd like to know, too. And yeah. what I was thinking, actually, is I know a lot of people go in for... Like, they go in for a procedure, or they have a, uh emergency, or, you know, all manner of things. And then they get a COVID test while they're there. I'm wondering how many of the hospitalized number uh, COVID was their original reason for going into the hospital? Like, did something else happen? Then they were tested, they were found to be COVID positive, and now they're counted as a hospitalization from COVID. Um, Yeah, that's a that's a good question because they would they would initially have been you know I I got I'm hospitalized because I what they have a broken arm they're gonna have arm surgery I don't know I guess I don't I think I got to get my arm set or something and that uh, you're looking a little peaked let's uh, let's do a COVID test you know I would I would assume that if they're there for something that they would you know have to have a surgery or something and they end up having COVID. They and they're they're okay, you know, but they still have the situation that brought them to the hospital initially. But they have COVID, and they they don't need to be hospitalized because of COVID. They're going to be sent home for two weeks, and then we're going to reevaluate the thing that you were initially at the hospital for. But that's just that's just me playing. Right. Like if it's an emergency, sense. though, they're not going to halt any procedures or anything. They're going to have to go 
they're going to have to stabilize the person or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just little things like that would be interesting to know uh, about the numbers, uh, especially that one kind of. And also, of course, you know, everybody's thinking about the deaths and what are we at, like two now? Yeah, and I so I don't like, I don't even think about I feel, I I always look at the hospitalization numbers. Iowa doesn't even give us those. They kind of give us like a running real time situation. But Minnesota and, and Wisconsin give you how many people have been hospitalized new that day. Today it was it was forty eight Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I so, I mean the, the hospitalization number is kind of all inclusive there. But also I mean without you know releasing any identities or anything like that. We could also get some information on what were the comorbidities. Were they um, were they hospitalized for another reason that might have resulted in their death as well? And I mean, everybody by now has read the CDC guidelines, and they find yeah. that to be a little iffy. Yeah, that's so always be uh, interesting to know what that is in our area. Yeah, I, I gotta let you go. Thanks for the thanks for the call. That's always the bear attack story. I got attacked by a bear and I bled out. You know, the bear ripped my heart out. Did I die because my heart was ripped out, or did I die because of a bear? All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Thanks for listening.